Hello, and welcome to DFS Deep Dive. My name is Brian Craighead, and I'll be your host this evening. We are very proud to be part of the For Frequency's Sake Network. You can find all of our Twitter, account, Twitter content at FFSQC, and then in regards, in, in regards to all of our written content, that can actually be found at FFSQC.com. I wanted to wel- welcome in my co-host this evening, Gladys. Gladys, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. How have you been? Oh, Gladys, do- doing quite well. Um, had the opportunity. Not didn't really watch any of the game last night, but uh, <laughs> did did kind of keep up with it on CBS Sports Line. But one have been a little bit closer than I expected. How about you? Yeah, it was. I I thought that um, I thought Houston would play more competitive because Brandon Cooks because of Brandon Cooks shenanigans. I didn't think they would hold it as close as they did for as long as they did. But I'm I'm glad they made the game competitive. I'm glad they made Thursday night games have not really been great. I thought this was probably one of the better ones so far this year. Yay, Houston! Damian Pierce looked really good, so that helps. It did. One thing I think that helped the game to be competitive was the fact that the, the uh, Texans got the first score on the board. Yeah. And so that kind of kept it close through the half. So, like you said, one one of the better games, I, you know, not, not a great game, but at the same <laughs> time, one of the better games we've seen this year. Yeah, unfortunately, it's like such a small, such a small, it's such a small window to be that good because the games have been that bad. So, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad it was pretty good. I'm glad it was decent. It was at least worth watching. So, yeah. Um, so I want to introduce a few of our other podcasts, and I also want to make a quick correction. Our 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 written content is at for fantasy sake qc.com. We do a lot of written articles, but we also have several podcasts that we do each week. Uh, obviously, Friday night, Gladys and I are going to be doing the DF the DFS one, the D, DFS D. And uh, so that's that's DFS um, deep dive. That'll be every Friday night, six really important time for Gladys. Six p.m. Mountain, <laughs> yeah, mountain. and seven p.m. Central. And those in the know can figure out the Eastern. That's eight. So just keep that in mind. I also am part of a Sunday podcast. Our our main show for the week is on Sundays. We 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 like to do an hour and a half or so, trying to get everybody's light up set answer any questions you might have please feel free to send any questions that you have and we'll be glad to answer answer right there live on the show we have a lot of content i do that with chris and dj so we're excited about that also joe hops on board with us he does game picks so we have a lot of stuff like that going on so that's pretty fun then we've also got some other podcasts i'm just going to give them a quick shout out um we got one called Educated Ignorance. That's with Joe Winkle. Along with that, we got the Data Lab. That's with Professor John Bush and Dennis Mickelson. The next one I really like is called Card Subjects of Change. Prior to being a football analyst, I liked wrestling too. So that that's with Chris Sack and Nick Bull. And like I said, it's actually a wrestling one. So that's pretty different. And then one that's been on our, our wavelength for the last couple of years is called Mon- Monday Night Hammer. That's with Nick Garral and also with Michael Sicoli. So, like I said, that's on Thursday nights. It was on Monday nights last year. That's the name. But now this year it's actually changed to, to Thursday. So just wanted to give that brief brief introduction. And uh, wanted to uh, kick it back over to Gladys. I'm going to have Gladys kind of go over some initial thoughts on some of the DFS stuff. And then after, after we get her initial thoughts, then I'm going to kick back and give you some information on some important games that are going on. So everyone knows that this week you only, there will only be 10 games on the main slate. You have Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Giants, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco all on their bye week. You have, um, of course, the Eagles played last night. You have the Ravens and the Saints playing Monday night, and you are 
and you have Tennessee and Casey playing Sunday night. So um, 10, uh, 10 game slate means it takes out some of the uh, options that you have. So it, it makes it easier in some sense. You're, you're not going to be able to play Jalen Hurts. You're not going to be able to play Patrick Mahomes. You're not going to be able to play Lamar Jackson. You're not going to be able to play Alvin Kamara. You're not going to be able to play Travis Kelsey. Uh, Mark like Andrews. I think it makes it um, a little easier to pick. I think it makes cash is going to be a lot harder, I think, because um, everyone is going to – like that. I think there's two, maybe three good quarterback options. Everyone's going to be you're, – you're going to have to find a way to differentiate yourself um, on, on, a, on a slate that's so limited. But it can be done, and I have faith in all of you are going to be able to do it. Yeah, that's that's why we're here. That's why we're here to help y'all. Like, like Gladys was saying, a lot of your top quarterbacks are out. Um, I I think I think Gladys and I would agree. There's really only been two tight ends worth noticing this year, anyway. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, and either one of them are available. And the other thing I kind of saw is a lot of your wide receiver options. I don't ever say that a top wide receiver option can get shut down necessarily by bad matchup but a lot of the upper tier wide receivers are also in tough matchups this week so it really it really comes into a, a very interesting week so but w- that's what we're here for we'll help we'll help you to, cy- to decipher it all and all that good stuff and just to repeat gladys as she said the buys are the giants the steelers the 49ers the browns the Cowboys and the Broncos <clears throat> with last night's game being the Texans and Eagles. That final score was Eagles 29 and the Texans 17. Um, tomorrow night, we got the Titans at the Chiefs. I mean, Sunday night. And then Monday night, we got the Ravens at the Saints. So those are our teams that aren't part of the main slate. And then one thing that I want to go over for Gladys starts our quarterback discussion is teams with higher implied totals. Basically, all that means is using Vegas's number. Um, we we take the implied total, which is basically nothing more than the spread. Um, and so if there's like a four point spread and you've got an over under of 50, one team would be have an implied total of 27. The other team would have an implied total of 23. And for me personally, I always try to get the teams with the higher implied totals when possible. Sometimes you have to, for to do the math, you have a $50,000 salary cap to fill nine positions. There are times where you, where you go for less expensive players, but may, maybe not the absolute best, best matchups, but it just works price-wise. So the better teams, at least, at least according to Vegas and Vegas's Rarely wrong. They're certainly just like the rest of us. They're human. But uh, the Dolphins have an implied total of 25 at the Bears. The Packers, 27 at the Lions. The Chargers, 26 at the Falcons. The Bills, 29 at the Jets. The Raiders, 25 at the Jags. The Bengals 25 versus the Panthers. And last but not least, you've got two teams in this one. The Cardinals are sitting at 26, and they're hosting the Seahawks at 24. As I was writing these names down, the one thing that really caught my eye was the team I listed more often than not was the visiting team. They were always at somebody. So there's a lot of home teams with with lower point totals expected this week. So I really found that kind of intriguing. So Gladys, if you don't if you don't mind, I I think a good start place to start where we started last week was with quarterbacks. What what do you think? I think we can start there. Let's just let's do it. So and cash games this week, quarterbacks. You can either pay up or go low. And I, I think those are your two best options. You can go with Josh Allen, who is coming in at 8,500 on DraftKings. Um, Josh Allen is going against New York Jets. The Jets' secondary is good. 
but the Jets' offense isn't as good. Now, Josh Allen had what would for Josh Allen um, against Green Bay, his last game uh, down, he had it was not one of his better outings. He had two touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions and only 218 passing yards. But he accumulated 19.6 DraftKings points. So if you figure that that is his floor, 8,500 is not a bad spend considering that the games before that he was 30.4 39.2 24.5 and 30.1 DraftKings points the only problem is if you're going to spend that much on josh allen for your quarterback you're going to have to get very uh creative with the rest of your lineup uh it can be done but i personally would go would pivot back to justin fields fields you can Fields, you can play naked. You don't have to stack him. He's a running quarterback who actually is probably better not stacked. Quite honestly, um, he's coming in at 5,300. His rushing ability gives you his floor. He's just got Chase Claypool, who will probably isn't going to know the playbook. But think of the first game that CMC played with uh, the 49ers, and he was only there. He had been there like over the weekend. What's going to happen is Claypool – Big body, they're going to use them in the end zone. So it's going to increase the number of passes that Fields throws. It's probably going to help Darnell Mooney out more. Um, with Fields' rushing ability, he has had a specifically like 12 rushing plays. Like he's averaging 12 rushing plays. They have upped his number slowly of how many designed rushing plays he has. I would go with Fields 5,300 for a cash game. That's uh, great minds think alike. That's uh, that's who I've gotten written down here for my for my my base lineup, my primary lineup, and uh, I have it coming back with uh, Darno Mooney at 4,700. Because in order to get your fifty thousand dollars set up, a lot of I, I've seen that you pretty much have to have a receiver and or flex in around that forty five to forty seven hundred range so i've i've got i've got fields with mooney mooney together i didn't find anybody price wise that i like for the dolphins right. but there are there are options uh, we'll, we can discuss that later um one thing i think should be noticed about alan you did you mentioned this floor and, and that really was and the only reason he had such for him pedestrian numbers is the fact that they, they just dominated the packers so much that the Packers were never really a threat to them, so they they ran it more than they often do, and and it's uh yeah if 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 a person wanted to pay up, then they could, but like you said, you have you had to save elsewhere, and the one thing about it, you you don't you have to save regardless of who you choose at quarterback, but then that just means that you really have to save at least one more position, um to try to to try to pay up for that, so. I totally agree. So you, do you only have two quarterbacks or do you have more than two for the cash game? Oh, I've, I've, I've got a few. I've got a few. Did, did you have another one particular you liked? No, I just like those two. Okay. Yeah, I've got a few. Um, I've got Kyler Murray sitting at 7,400 versus the Seahawks. I've got Justin Herbert, 7,200. At the Falcons, I've got Joe Burrow, who had a really bad game on Monday night, mm. at sixty-six hundred versus the Panthers. Uh, I, I don't mind Kirk Cousins, sixty-two hundred at the Washington. Well, at the Washington Commanders, it should be said. I was about to say Washington Football Team. Um, I can't list this one, but I I could see the urge to play him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has not thrown for over 250 yards all season. But that being said, the Detroit Lions give it the 30th most points to opposing quarterbacks. So I kind of would flip a coin. If you have any faith at all, or you or you think that there's any any opportunity for Rodgers to ever have another good game again, this this has to be probably his best opportunity moving forward, I would think. And um, then you so we're, you would play Aaron Rodgers cash or GPP? I, I would be okay in cash. Okay, 
Yeah, I, I, I would be okay with Aaron Rod- with Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, that being said, he's not my top choice. But okay. at, at fifty nine hundred, he's he's really um, gotten down to. I mean, that that's about rock bottom for Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know that I've got enough faith to play him. His receiving core has still been questionable all year. Um, Dubs is done. I think that we have a little malfunction that he may have froze up on us. So as far as Aaron Rodgers goes, watch out for Alan Lazard. Oh, and you're back. Okay. Yeah. Lazard's healthy again. I I think he's questionable, but I think he'll play. So, you know, I can't, I can't put him at my top of my list. But I could see where somebody would at least consider him based on that matchup. And the other two people I like, or don't mind anyway, are Geno Smith versus at the Cardinals at fifty eight hundred. And really, we were t- we were talking about inexpensive quarterbacks. We went Justin Fields. If you really want to go cheap and you don't like Justin Fields, I, and I was I was listening to Adam Rank and some of those guys t- today. Uh, one of them on the show said that they they anticipate four four total touchdowns for Trey for Lawrence, so he's he's hosting the the Las Vegas Raiders and sitting at fifty two hundred. So if you don't want to go Fields for cheap, you can you can go Trevor Lawrence with a very similar price. I think. I think uh, Lawrence had a bad game too last week against the. Denver Broncos overseas um, over in London. Uh, I like the Lawrence call. I think that uh, the Raiders are just like kind of a shit show right now, but I like Lawrence. I, I could see playing him both cash. I could see playing him in GPP, especially because you're going to go low and then it will allow you to pivot off a of ETN. Who's going to be just chalk in both cash and GPP this week. I like the Lawrence call Lawrence. Yeah. I think that's a great call. Yeah, Lawrence with uh, – I mean, if I'm stacking, I'd stack ATN with him, with Lawrence and go that route. ATN's not that expensive. And uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I don't typically – I don't go to the absolute expensive, most expensive quarterbacks typically, but I also don't find myself down in the 52, 5300 range very often. But I like both Fields and Lawrence. Um, I think I've I think I read somewhere that uh, Fields is the quarterback two for the last three weeks. He's mm-hmm. he's been averaging seventy seven yards rushing over those three games, and he scored two rushing touchdowns. So basically, two thirds of a rushing touchdown per game, and almost eighty yards rushing. So he gives you just a really solid floor, and his uh- passing's improved as well. He's a uh, his. His passing percentage is about sixty-two percent, and they—they've been giving him in the beginning of the season. They were giving him about fifteen to seventeen passing attempts per game, but now that's gone up. I think he even reached twenty-seven one game. So, um, yeah, I like I I this I would expand it to Lawrence would be out of the ones that you said, um, Rogers. I might play, I might punt and play in GPP, but. Uh, I think I don't know if Christian Watson has cleared concussion protocol yet. I don't. I'm not really confident in Alan Lazard's shoulder, and um, that just leaves what everyone thought would be the smash play of the year: Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And neither one of those have, although Jones had a better game last week, neither one of those had are getting the the targets that we I expected them to get. Um, but Lawrence, I do like. Lawrence is a call I do like. I I just think if you think this could very well be the week you go cheap or cheaper, and then possibly pay up at one of the other positions. My personal preference, which we'll reveal here in a little bit, is to pay up at running back. But mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you can pay up at wide receiver as well if you chose to. So, so, so just, do you um do you have a some favorite running back plays, Gladys? Um. Yeah, I I think personally that the the running backs are the deepest in this particular slate. Like that you 
The one running back that you would pay up for is Austin Eckler. And that's because he's just smashing everything and he's at 8,800. You could try to play Josh Allen and Austin Eckler, but it's not going to work out well for you on the rest of your positions. So I would find a way to get Eckler. I would find a way to get Eckler into my lineup before I would find a way to get Josh Allen into my lineup. Eckler, um, there's no Mike Williams still. Keenan Allen has had a setback, so there's probably no Keenan Allen still. Um, Eckler's going to be the target horse that he is, and they're playing Atlanta, who's just their defense just isn't very good. The only problem, the only thing you would worry about with Atlanta is that they'll drag the game out. But I, I still feel that Eckler will get his. And 8,800 is probably the lowest you're going to see him this year. I have a feeling that next the next week, all the running backs, especially when you get the other guys back on the main slate, their prices are going to raise. Um, I like Joe Mixon, who is playing on an offense that is without Jamar Chase. Um, Joe Mixon now is, last week, anyway, Monday, had his uh, target share went up from 17% to 20% without chasing the lineup. Now it could be because they were so far behind the whole game against Cleveland, which no one expected, but I think it is a safe floor for chase. I think that he will continue to get targets or Mixon. I'm sorry. He will continue to get targets without chase in the lineup. So at 6,500, that's not a really a bad price. The one who's severely underpriced is Stevenson, um, 6,200 from Ramon. Even if Damian Harris is back, he's going to get his. He got his with Damian Harris in the lineup. He will get his without Damian Harris in the lineup. And I like Deontay Foreman, who is coming in at 6,000. Chubba Hubbard isn't playing again. So that means he's getting the passes again. He's getting the runs again. He's getting the uh, touches again in the backfield. And against Cincinnati's defense, which we saw both Hunt and Nick Chubb um, kind of reveal their weaknesses last week, they he they can be had. Those would be the four that I like the most. Yeah, a couple of, couple of important notes. Um, Austin Eckler popped up yesterday for the limited practice, but today he completely cleared he completely cleared the injury report, so he's perfectly fine. In regards to Damian Harris, he's missed all three days worth of practice with an illness, and they haven't come out saying that it's COVID or, or not or anything like that, but uh, that would just even give Stevenson more value. No matter what, Stevenson's apparent, the apparent num, um, number one period. I, I think I think that, that light is kind of turned on that, He's going to be the number one regardless. Harris might cut into that a little bit, but not much. So, I uh, Austin Eckler is always always one of my absolute favorite plays. Um, and like you said, I'd rather I'd rather pay up for him really than Allen and and or specifically for me any other wide receiver. So, yeah. I totally agree with your four. I, in fact, in looking and looking through, I probably. I think I've got all four of them written down. Um, let's see here. Pretty sure I do. Yep, we got Ick, Eckler, Mixon, Stevenson. And the other one you mentioned, I, I, I didn't have written down. But who was your fourth one? Uh, from the Panthers. Oh, that's right. I should have written down Foreman, yeah. Foreman, yeah. I should have written down today. And in fact, when I saw the news that, that Hubbard was out, I, I intended to write to write it down, but absent-mindedness got to me. So. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, so in my pro- in my primary lineup, I went with two. I uh, my two guys in my primary lineup were Josh Jacobs. He's playing at the Jaguars, sitting at seventy three hundred, and my I kind of really want a piece of this game. Like I said, you could play Aaron Rodgers, but you know that's not necessarily my absolute preferred play. But he is an option. So if I didn't want that, I just went ahead and went with Aaron Jones at the Lions, sitting at seventy four hundred. So those are my two in my primary lineup. I said I'm like you. I'm sure I set multiple lineups each week, but um. Yeah, so you you said you want a piece of that Green Bay Detroit. Is that one of the games that is that one of the games that you're targeting? 
Yeah, Green Green Bay was um, projected to score, I believe it was 26, 26 uh, points. So I d- definitely like them in regards to that. Now, the comeback players maybe make it a little bit more interesting, but I would think Amon Ross St. Brown would be a pretty would to me is a pretty decent option if I was going to come back have a comeback player on that team. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, what you got a 17 and a half percent target share now that TJ Hawkinson is gone, someone's going to have to pick that up. Uh, I like Khalif Raymond, but I don't know if I'd play him in cash, I would play him in GPP, but to pick up those extra targets, but. He's on the field a lot. Amon Ra is really good. Um, I like him a lot. I lost him in a a, week, a season long, but um, I just worry that he isn't fully back yet. That's my only concern with Amon Ra, is that him and Swift aren't completely back. The Keenan Allen kind of just jog him out there and and see what happens theory. But yeah, if I'm coming back with someone in cash. If I, if I was coming back with someone in cash in that, that's not really a game that I was tar- I'm targeting though. I just don't have, I don't have confidence in Aaron Rodgers. I really don't. I, I don't, I don't blame you. Like I said, <laughs> if he doesn't get it done this week, his, yeah. I would start to question whether his career is over. So. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if it's him or, or his receiving options, you know, him not being able to get in line with the receivers, but I, I wouldn't question I would question whether he thinks his career is over, whether he just throws in the towel because it's just too much, you know, for him. But, um, yeah, it's just not a game I was targeting. I like the Seattle-Arizona game. I think think that game's just going to be crazy, crazy points to be had. I totally, I totally agree. Those are those in terms of the highest point total on the board and, um, Two teams with high with the highest implied total. It's both of them are twenty four over. So yeah, that that's that really is one of the probably the best game on on the board. My sure. my big question is we both neither one of us mentioned Herbert, um, who it, on paper against Atlanta is in a smash spot. It's coming in at seventy two hundred. I I would play Eckler and I would not I wouldn't stack him with Herbert, but. How do you feel about Justin Herbert? I'm okay with Justin Herbert, but he, thank, thanks to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, two of two of his better receiving targets are are out this week, and so he's kind of relying on on Josh Palmer, the second year receiver out of Tennessee, and that's okay. But it, also, the other thing that you said bring that brings it into play is the Falcons, if they can exert their will to some degree. And just run the ball, yeah. Then it slow it it kind of limits the number of opportunities, and that's what happened with the Texans game last night against the Eagles. Is the Texans scored first, and they they kind of for a good portion of the game, kind of kind of kept the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles still scored twenty nine points, but they kind of had to slow play that throughout the game because that definitely. Pierce got his his carries, and so they had to kind of get off get off their normal routine. And that's the worst thing about playing the team with a with a decent enough running running game. And I saw it today and didn't really realize it, but the Eagles are averaging giving up five point three yards per carry. So that's the worst thing in a game like Atlanta is if they're able to establish the run. Then they limit Herbert some, and and he's already down two receivers. So, it so he, uh, it comes down to Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett, pretty much, as the guys that have to get the work done, and, and obviously Eckler out of the backfield. So Austin Eckler, who is a fan of fantasy football, um, and is fantasy football friendly, has said said last week during their bye week that he added Joshua Palmer to his fantasy football team. So that tells me that Palmer has been getting a lot of um, reps and that Palmer will probably be the, uh, well, obviously he'll be wide receiver one because they have no one else. But I would I would not hesitate to play Palmer um, if I were going to play Herbert. Uh, like I said, I don't really have that much interest in that game because I don't think it's going to go as high as as is implied because 
of the pace that Atlanta plays with and how Arthur Smith plays. Um, you have to, like, we have to remember that when Atlanta was behind, like they were behind double digit points and they still ran the ball. They yeah. had thrown the most when they were ahead, which is completely the upside down world of Arthur Smith. So I don't see them ever being ahead in this game. I see them running the ball a lot. So that would lower my ceiling, but I was just curious about um, what your feelings on Herbert was. Her- Herbert is. But no, I, I agree with Palmer. He's a, uh, and, and what I would, I guess what I would consider my overall number one dynasty league, I picked him up in last, last year's rookie draft and haven't, haven't dropped him. So no, I, I totally agree. The ups, upsides there. Yeah. Um, uh, but Did and, you have other running backs that you like, Gladys? No, not for cash. Those, just those guys. I would throw Kenneth Walker in and I would Travis Etienne, but Etienne, um, everyone's throwing Travis Etienne in, so that's not a big surprise. Uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, he's a he's a great running back. Like I, I, I am less thrilled to play him in that particular game. Um, because there are other open avenues that have a better scoring opportunity. But I, I wouldn't, you know, if you're going to go three running backs, I would, uh, Kenneth Walker is not a bad punt play. No, I totally agree. That's, that's the funny thing. I think, I think they say great minds think alike. So <laughs> my list sounds like yours. I've got Eckler, Mixon, um, also got, uh, let's see, I've got Walker. Who's this here? Oh, ATN that you've already mentioned. Stevenson, you already mentioned. So the only other two I've got, and they're they're my two cheaper end guys, mm-hmm. are um, Raheem Mostert at the Bears. The Bears give up the 29th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And, and that was 60, before. 100. That was before they let go of, of uh, they just let go of Smith. So. It's probably going to get worse, right? Yeah, it's going to get much worse. <laughs> so it'll probably be 32nd here for long. <laughs> and the other one I kind of like is Tyler Algier in that Chargers game we were just mentioning. Yeah. He's sitting at 5,400, and the Chargers give the 30, 31st most fantasy points. So I tried to, when possible, throw out a couple of cheaper options just to right. kind of give the listeners a little bit of a gamut there. So. If you want, if you wanted to go cheap, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind the Mostert and or Algier kind of guys. It gives an opportunity to pay up elsewhere. So the, the only thing I would worry about with Algier is uh, Cordell Patterson's is off his IR. They have three weeks, and I, I don't think he's going to play this week. But there is a possibility that they could throw him in this week. And if he comes back, he's probably going to go back to being the RV one in that in that um, offense. But I do like Algier. Algier has been doing well. Um, he and the Chargers, the Chargers pass uh, rushing, rushing defense is really really bad. Uh, Algier had, wow, he had um, thirty seven fantasy points against Carolina last week. Wow, I knew he had a big game. I didn't realize it was that big. Me neither. But I mean, it, it the week before he had seventeen point three five. Then he had twenty eight point four. So he's Oh, it's like one of those high, low, like he has a really high game, then he has a low game. So this And, would and I guess that comes, <laughs> unlike Kenneth Walker, that's been consistent, I guess a lot of that is just being a rookie. It's hit or miss. But when you're paying for $5,400 and, and it provides value elsewhere, you don't mind that as much as if you paid up for him. But I think, too, that um, although I – and. If you if you're paying up for a bunch of positions and you need a cheap punt, I would not hate putting Deion Jackson in. Um, I don't think he's going to ball out like he did last time when he had the backfield to himself, especially against the Patriots, especially against the Patriots defense. But he's only 5200, which means you only need like 18 fantasy points from him, which he should be able to do because. Uh, you know that the last time he played by himself, he was like 30 fantasy points. The only thing that I would worry about with Deion Jackson, again, is the, 
when he scored those points, they had 70 plays. They they were averaging like 70 plays per game with Matt Ryan. Last week with Ellinger, it went down to 54 plays a game. So, Oh, wow. It, yeah, I don't know if it's an aberration or if, you know, they were just getting Ellinger's feet wet. That's like 20 plays, and he he's not going to get the amount of touches that he got last time. So yeah, that's a lot. Cautious, I, I would be cautious with Deion Jackson, but I wouldn't, you know, 5,200, if you're paying up for, like, say, you want to get a really high quarterback and you want to get Austin Eckler in there and you're going three running back deep. I wouldn't play him in a two running back if you're only playing two running backs in your cash game, but if you're going three, I wouldn't mind him in that flex. What was his price tag again? 52. Yeah. It's uh, like you said, the biggest thing, the reason I had, didn't have him written down is because the Patriots defense is fourth, giving up fantasy points to the opposing running back. But uh, at the same time, he, he could, he could be somebody to save value for sure. Especially if they force um, Ellinger to pass and um, they, he uses Jackson as a dump off. He could reach his value, but uh, again, if they're only running 54 plays a game, that severely lowers the ceiling. So, because the worst thing that. is they're playing against an offense that's not prone, not not afraid of uh, slow playing the game either. So between yeah. the both of them, they can yeah. slow that game down to basically watching grass grow. Yeah, I I think that's going to be just an ugly, ugly game to watch. I, yeah, I, I'll be off that. As much as I love football, I think I'd have to be off it in terms of watching it. Yeah. It still could have fantasy value, but I wouldn't want to particularly watch it unless unless you're watching it via red zone and somebody ha- happens to get towards the end zone. So. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not okay with that game. Um, <laughs> um, as far as oh, did you 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 did your running backs or no? I did. I I'm completed mine. So we okay we wide, wide receivers. Receiver. Here's where I think it gets kind of interesting. Um, So the Miami duo is on pace. I think they have 1,600 yards. They have like something like 1,000 yards more than the next group. Tyree Kill's on pace to have like an astronomically crazy year. And they're going against Chicago, who (laughs) – Who's secondary now? Who's secondary and frontline? Both are decimated. Chicago is pretty much Justin Fields is being able to keep up with teams, which helps the other side because if he can score, because the other team scores, then it, it's going to even out that game. Um, I like both Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I I know that Chicago's secondary is good. I just think they're better. Um, it's really really hard to contain both of them. Um, and one of them. So I like Jalen's coming in at Waddle's coming in at 7,400. Um, Tyree kills coming in at 85, which is pretty expensive. He's like the third highest wide receiver on the slate, but he's totally worth it. I mean, there's a reason he's the third highest. Um, what's really confusing is that Deandre Hopkins is the fifth highest. Deandre Hopkins has had double digit targets since he's been back and he's had over a hundred receiving yards since he's been back. He's only been in the end zone once, but it doesn't matter. He's getting like 13 and 14 targets a game. He's only his price on um, DraftKings is like 7,900. That Seattle game, like I said, I think is going to just be both teams scoring the maximum amount of points. I think it's going to go over what the predicted is. I, I like DeAndre Hopkins at 7,900 a lot in both in both um, GPP and cash games. So and being, I, realist, being realistic, it's hard to fit both Tyreek Hill and D-Hop in your lineup. Do you have a preference as to which one you'd go with in yours? To I would go with D-Hop if I had to choose because I, I can pivot down to Jalen Waddell. As long yeah. as I get one of those Miami receivers, I'm okay. Um, yeah. It, yeah, I would. I would go. I mean, I like Tyreek. I like Tyreek Hill, but I would, in order to get DeAndre Hopkins, who I am not. I think every lineup I have across the board has D Hop in it. Um, I would pivot down to Jalen Waddle. Um, if I wanted to go really, really low, which isn't really, really low, Terry McLaurin. At 5,900 against Minnesota um, is an easy play. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Heineke loves McLaurin. Um, he's had eight targets both games that he's played with him. 
which is, uh, I think he had eight targets total with Carson Wentz on all the games he played with them. <laughs> um, it's against Minnesota's defense. They're at home. Uh, I I like I like McLaurin. I also like DJ Moore, who's at fifty eight hundred. Um, he showed what he could do last week. He showed that it probably isn't him. It probably was Baker Mayfield. Uh, PJ Walker looks only towards him going against Cincinnati, who I'm not really sure if last week's game was just because it was a divisional, you know, I mean, you, you have to account for that. AFC North is just when they play each other, nothing is what it should be. So that could be that Cleveland Cincinnati game last week. But I still think, I still think DJ Moore is a good bet of 5,800. And I also like, which kind of is an oxymoron, Romeo Dobbs. If if Alan Lazard is limited, I would play Romeo Dobbs. If Alan Lazard is not limited, I would not play Romeo Dobbs. At I'm sorry, at fifty three hundred. Yeah, I I would say Lazard's going to be limited if nothing if nothing else. If he plays, he'll still be limited. So I I definitely definitely could see that. Yeah, I just need to see. I haven't seen the Friday um, practices and or and or the injury reports. So um, I would like to see if he was limited in practice today or if he set out practice today or if he fully practiced today. Um, he is – I had him last year in uh, redraft. He's, he's a delicate flower. Lazard gets hurt and he stays hurt. Like he doesn't really recover well. So – but I think the only problem with that is I think that if he's on the field, um, Aaron Rodgers is going to target Lazard. You know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was limited in practice today. He's still listed as questionable Okay. at this point in time. And that's that's the fun thing for listeners. After, after we discuss our positions, I'll go over complete injury report for fun. So that's an added bonus. So. And what, what, what wide receivers did you have? So I agree with them. Um, so in my in my primary lineup, mm-hmm. it's funny. I went with both McLaurin and DJ Moore, and my other one is T Higgins. Oh, nice! Yeah, against uh, versus the Panthers, sitting at seventy three hundred. The whole Bengals offense played poorly last week. I don't <laughs> know what was in their head. I don't know. I don't understand. I, I know sometimes when you lose a player like Jamar Chase for a few games that you oftentimes have a little bit of a difficulty, like reconfiguring your offense, but I'm expecting better things from, from the Bengals offense this week. So I, I've got, I've got Higgins and I've already mentioned that as my flex, I went, I went with Darnell, Darnell Mooney. So those are my, those are the ones in my primary lineup. Mm-hmm. And then for me personally, if I had to make a choice, and I, I really didn't wasn't able to fit either one of them in the way I've configured this lineup, but if I had to make a choice between Tyreek Hill or Justin Jefferson, there's only a three hundred dollar difference, eighty six hundred versus eighty three. I'm personally going with Justin Jefferson at Washington. They give up the uh, what's that? The twenty third most fantasy points to wide receivers, and like you mentioned, the ba- the Bears do have a decent secondary. That's uh, their front seven is going to look really different with Roquan Smith no longer there. But um, also, if you didn't want to go Higgins on that same team, you can go Boyd at sixty-three. I don't mind the the Buccaneer pack at uh, Evans at seventy-two and Goblin at sixty-two versus the Rams. The Rams give the twentieth most fantasy points, and then. Um, also, we, we've already talked about this game quite a bit, but I don't mind the Seattle Seattle's pairing in this game between DK Metcalf and Lockett. They're sitting similar prices, so pick your pick your favorite. Metcalf sixty four, Lockett sixty one. Definitely agree with Dobbs. He was sitting at fifty three hundred, and we've already briefly mentioned Josh Palmer at the Falcons. He was sitting at fifty one. So those are those are my. My two cheaper wide receivers are Dobbs and and also Palmer. Um, yes. So the only reason uh, that I would I would pivot away I would I would play Boyd over Metcalf, 
Um, I, I think Boyd has an easy, uh, not, I'm sorry, not Boyd, Lockett over Metcalf. I think that Lockett has an easier path to points than Metcalf does. Although last week, I didn't even think Metcalf was going to play. So, you know, he's clearly not human. And uh, maybe the match, he obviously is injury proof. I don't know how matchup proof he's going to be. Um, both of the defenses in that game channel most of a lot of their points through the tight end. And both Seattle, um, I believe Seattle's number one and Arizona is number two in fantasy points given away to tight ends. So if uh, logic and um, stats are to be held, the two tight ends are, are the main play in that game. Although you're not going to, I'm not going to sit DeAndre Hopkins. I have no problem. The only, we'll just go to tight ends. The only problem is that Ertz, because of the slate, Ertz is the highest, the highest tight end salary on the main slate this week, which I think. Yeah, exactly. I've got him written written down as a matchup play that you would be awesome to have, but price wise at 5,100, I'm not sure you can get, you can really go there and, and save enough money elsewhere and be happy. So, um, in not in a cash lineup, in a in a GPP lineup that I have, I do have Hopkins and Ertz, but but I you I had to pay down for quarterback and I had to pay down for a running back. So just remember, if you're gonna, I I hate spending fifty one hundred on a tight end because the variance on them are is so not predictable, but. Like I said, Seattle gives up the most fantasy points to the tight end position, and Arizona gives up the second most points to the tight end position, and Geno Smith has no problem throwing to the tight ends. And before Hopkins, um, Murray had no problem throwing to Ertz. Ertz has dropped in targets since D-Hop came back, and it's last year is the same thing. Statistically, he loses about 25% of his target share once DeAndre Hopkins gets back on the field. So 5,100 is a lot to pay for someone who is fighting for targets. Um, In a cash, I wouldn't. In a cash, I would go Gerald Everett, Kyle Pitts, and they both are like the same, like 48, 45. I also think that, um, uh, what is this? The tight end that is taking TJ Hawkinson's place in Detroit is going to be an excellent punt because uh, we all know that Jared Goff likes to throw short when he can, when he gets in trouble. And I think he might be in trouble a lot in that game. So James Mitchell is a name to keep on. He's only, he's coming in at 2,500. If, if you need to save money, there's no better place than to go to a team that you know throws to the tight end and has lost. Um, TJ Hawkinson had a 17 and a half target share on that team. So that has to go somewhere. And I think it might go to Caleb Raymond, but I also think James Mitchell might also benefit from it. And at 2,500, you can't beat that. No, that's actually a really good call out. The, uh, I forget the other, other lines tied in. Brock, somebody was questionable. Right. Um, hold on. I will find his name for you. It is. Oh, they have so many. The lines have so many. The lines have so many people out. It's really sad. They have so many people that are just like hurting or Brock Wright. Yeah, he, he's questionable. Concussion and I, and I guess off the top of my head, not not that I know any of the Lions tight ends by name, but um, <laughs> I think he was supposed to be the direct direct replacement but he's questionable as well so that's and, uh, the one ones you what was his name again james mitchell james mitchell why not to, why not consider him after after the first few tight ends pretty much it's they're all touchdown dependent anyway so they're all dark throw and really i just like to save value at at the tight end position and the 2500s rock bottom price on the board, you can't go lower than that. So why not? Yeah, they they're saying that um, Mitchell has 
has uh, practiced, but he's in concussion protocol. And now uh, with the Tagalovia concussion protocol, I, I'm not sure that they will allow him to play, even if he is ready to go. Um, yeah, if you're punting tight ends, which why wouldn't you? Because, again, 5100 <laughs> a lot of money to play for Hurts. And Hawkinson's price didn't go down, even though he's he's in Minnesota now. He's at five. He's at five K. Uh, I yeah, don't... he didn't make any sense this week. I, I could see between now and the end of the season, maybe him having a lot of value. But this week, he's he's like Claypool. He just doesn't have time to learn the offense. So yeah, and uh, Minnesota's not known for like overutilizing their tight ends anyway. I mean, he's well, not going to he's not going to see that seventeen and a half target share even towards the end of the year. And, Really not now. Will Disley's three three grand. Um, the Seattle, the other Seattle, the Seattle Noah Font, Noah Fant is twenty nine hundred. Uh, like I said, Arizona, number two against number two against tight ends and fantasy points. And Geno Smith will throw it to either Disley or Fant. That's the only problem with that. You don't know which one he's going to target from week to week. Um, Fant was listed on the injury report, but he is now off of it. But it was a hamstring injury, so. I like they Disley. flare up pretty quick. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and I like Disley just for that reason in that game. What about you on tight ends? Well, in my primary lineup, I went with Evan Ingram. Nice. I love Ingram. At 3,300. Uh, they're playing the Raiders again. So <laughs> my other tight ends I've got, we've already mentioned a few of them. Ertz, Everett. I don't mind Tanyan at the Lions at 3,800. I've also got Higby at the Buccaneers. And last but not least, I've got, I don't even know why I've got him, but uh, I took Tyler Conklin versus the Bills at 3,200. He's been pretty involved. The Bills defense is not bad against tight ends. They're like 10. Um, so you're, you're really just paying for a price of, of somebody that's been involved in the offense, but I don't love the matchup. So It's chasing those points he had last week when he went off. On Conklin, Conklin, I, I just uh, I don't trust Zach Wilson against the Bills defense. I don't trust Zach Wilson at all. But I was about to say I don't trust Jack, Zach Wilson <laughs> at all. But if you're semi punting the position as opposed to completely punting it, yeah, thirty two hundred for Conklin production is not bad. That yeah, yeah, if if they're gonna have to score points because you know the Bills don't take their they don't take the foot off the gas. They keep playing and they keep putting points up. So someone on that team. Coughlin or Garrett Wilson, someone's going to have to score the points. Maybe, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do, that kid. Okay, so you wanted to do the injuries? Yeah, I was going to do the injuries. I didn't have any okay. other players to list. How about you? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, well, let's do this. Um, So the players that are for sure out, and some of these that were out last week and they're still out, you've got, Mike, you've got Michael Thomas who just got placed on IR this week. Okay. Of course, he's out. Mike yeah. Williams was uh, out last week, but he's out again. Darrell Williams um, for the Cardinals running back, he he got placed on injury reserve as well. Uh, you've also got, um, let's see, Jonathan Taylor was declared out today. Um, Rashad Bateman, even though he's playing, his team's playing on Monday night, he actually had season-ending Liz Frank surgery. So that's kind of big news. Um, Jahan Dotson's still out. He's been out since week four. Donald Parham tied in for for the um, Chargers is out. Uh, Russell Gage is out. Not that most people care about kickers, but uh, Dustin Hopkins is out this week. Devontae Parker. J.D. McKissick. Cameron Brait. We've already mentioned one name that was pretty important, Chubba Hubbard. And then Corey Davis for, for the Jets is still out. And then last but not least, in terms of the ones that pretty much are out, Josh Reynolds for the Lions is considered doubtful. And a little bit of news, um, we've, we've already mentioned him, Chase Claypool and, and also um, Chase. And and also Tony uh, for the Chiefs 
Both of them are considered to be likely to play at least a little. I came out, er, I think it was yesterday or today, that Claypool is going to play. I love the range, somewhere between 10, 10 to 35 snaps. And it's like, okay, he might play one-seventh of the snaps, or he might play half. So I'm not sure where that kind of range comes from. But And then in regards to limited players that kind of on the fence, Alan Lazard is one. Um, you, you've also got, uh, let's see here, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, uh, Damian Harris, DeAndre Swift, though I think he's going to play, is still considered limited. Um, James Connors, a game-time decision. And last but not least, Darren Waller, who I think, think will likely play. So needless to say, another pretty big week of, of injuries and potential injuries that you have to consider. And as I would always encourage anybody, always look at your inactives five minutes before kickoff. If you're in Eastern time zone, five minutes to one, make sure, make sure that everything's set before, before you start your weekend with DFS. So good point. Good point. So I have to, I have to eat crow. Uh, the last segment we've got here is our picks and I have to eat crow from last week's jets Patriots game. <laughs> you were right on that one. Oh, yay. I totally forgot what I said on that one. <laughs> you just you, you just said the Patriots would win. I I said there's no way the point spread should be. I mean, being being at home, yeah, and and oh. with a better record, and the Patriots coming off the really crappy Monday night game, I couldn't see the points. Jets being an underdog. But yeah. <laughs> rightfully, it turned out they were right. So, and I took the points. I I like the points. Um, on this week, I'm taking points again because there's some crazy uh, – I'm taking the Panthers in the points. I don't think the Bengals are, should be seven-and-a-half favorite over Carolina, even at home, not after the Monday night debacle that they just had, which is ridiculous. Um, I'm taking Detroit in the points against Green Bay. I actually think Detroit might win that game straight up at home because Aaron Rodgers has not been good at all. I'm taking Seattle on the points. I can't believe that um, Arizona is a two-point favorite after the way they played Seattle. No one is giving Seattle any credit. They lead the division right now. Geno Smith is like QB1 in pass in completion percentage. Um, they have Metcalf. They have Lockett. They have Kenneth Walker. I don't understand what's happening, why all this um, Seahawks hate is happening. And then um, for the last one, I'm taking the Chiefs to beat the tight to beat the Titans by twelve or more. I don't blame you. Kind of like we talked last week. Um, any an NFL team should be able to cover or or not get beat by the spread when it's that when it's that high. Um, yeah, but Andy Reid coming off a bye with time to compare, and they just picked up Tony too. Yeah, it's like what is it a touchdown and. A touchdown and five points. Touchdown, a field goal, and a safety, yeah. basically. So. so, yeah, I think I think the Chiefs will beat the Titans. They will find a way to contain King Henry. And uh, Ryan Tannehill, I heard, was a game-time decision that he might or not play that game. So yeah, won- I, I, I overlooked it. I, I think I couldn't read my own writing. But Tannehill is definitely a game-time decision. But as of today, he he it sounded like he was more – likely to play than than unlikely so that yeah. would be something if i was betting that game i would i would look into i i don't know i mean to to me i think i honestly think that malik willis is a good enough quarterback to pass more than he did last week but they didn't have to pass so yeah i don't think Vrabel wants him passing that much um even in preseason he tried to limit his passings and his his uh quarterback run so Vrabel if for some whatever reason is trying to keep Malik Willis on a tight leash for now. So <laughs> if he plays, uh, even Tannehill, I, even if Tannehill plays, I'm still going to take the 12 points and go at the chiefs. Yeah. I don't blame you. So the one game that I totally agree with that, um, that would, we'll, we'll, we'll just make, we'll just lock it in as our play of the week mm-hmm. well, is Seattle. I, 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 I'm like you. I mean, 
the Cardinals haven't really shown anything except an ability to squander games. Yeah. And that's, that's about it. So, you know, I, I don't, I think the Cardinals are a much better team than they played on paper, but until you put it on the field, it really means nothing. So I'd take the two points with, with, with Seattle. Yeah, definitely. My my other picks that I like. Yep. And I'm going to be honest with this is a week that I don't love any of the games, to be honest (laughs) with you. It's a limited slate and, but we have a segment here, so I'm, I pick games. So that's that's what I do for fun. So I say the Chargers minus three at the, at Atlanta. Okay. I've got the Jaguars at home plus one and a half versus the Raiders. Okay. My second pick of the week would be the Vikings minus three at the Commanders. I still don't respect the Commanders. Mm, no one does. And then um, last but not least here, on Monday night, I took the Saints plus two and a half versus the Ravens. That's a little juicy. uh, The Saints always seem to play well in prime time at home. Don't Um, know why, but it just seems like in general they they do pretty well at home in prime time. So those are my picks picks for this week. We'll see who, who comes out ahead again. This time, but at least I'm not demonstrative like last week. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned not to be. <laughs> I don't have any point spreads that just don't seem to, to. I don't see any point spreads that don't seem to fit, but I also don't see any games that seem like slam dunks either. So, yeah, I the only one that might is, are the Bills versus the Jets, and that's only because if um, Flacco was playing instead of. Wilson, I would say that that game would be way more closer. But with Wilson under center and they seemed handcuffed to have to use him, I, I like the 11 and a half that they're giving the Bills, and I think that might be a little bit too low, actually. So you're saying you'd go with the Bills with minus the 11 and a half? Um, yeah, if Wilson plays. If Wilson stays under center, yes, I would go with yeah. the Bills minus 11 and a half. I don't blame you. Well, so, yeah. Gladys, is there anything else you wanted to talk about DFS or betting or anything like that? Just bet wisely. It's a new month. It's a new month. So get your budget in order. Know what you're going to bet. Know how much you can bet. Know how much you're going to win, how much you can lose. It's a new month. Play. Yeah, play, and also we're wise. heading into the holidays. You don't want your loved one to not have a Christmas <laughs> present because you want to spend an extra 50 bucks on bets. So. Yeah, but you're going to win. So be good. Play wisely. Everyone, happy, happy. Oh, go vote, everyone. Go vote. Whoever's listening, do that. So, Gladys, if you don't mind, um, remind us where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Gladys L. Tyler. Um, You can find a Start Sit article every Thursday morning, a DFS GPP article every Friday morning, um, and then assorted a Razzball IDP article on Tuesday and then a sorted Roto Baller article um, on uh, the podcasting network uh, Tuesdays at 4.45 my time, which I think is 6.45 Eastern time. It's the trenches from Armchair Athletic. It's a fantasy football contest. And then Monday on the Going for Two Network with Kyle and the doc and the B League says we go. The doctor goes over, doc goes over all the injuries that have happened that week and how they're going to affect you. And then we go over the the uh, Monday night game. And then of course here on Friday at six p.m. my time, which at eight p.m. Eastern time I think. I'm really bad with times, guys. And yeah, oh, okay. don't forget Sunday. Fall back. Time's going to change. That's right. Yeah, and. The one she was talking about on Monday night, the good doctor knows more about injuries than I've ever heard. Yeah, so he's really good. He's just awesome. So in general, you can find all, all of our content on Twitter at FFSQC. As for me personally, you can find me at Vandegrad92. I, I do a Thursday night podcast for going for going for two. So I'm always excited about that. Um, so you can find that there. Um, then also, like I was saying earlier, for for fantasy sake here, we we do a Sunday podcast. So 
I'm always ready and available for that. We do that every, every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock central until 1130. So we do that. But most importantly, I really just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in. Wish y'all the best of luck in, in all your fantasy games this week. Um, go out and hopefully use our information for DFS. And then come back and join us again next Friday at 6 Mountain, 7 Central. So for both me and Gladys, thanks again to everybody for tuning in. Hope we'll see you again next week. Bye, guys.